0: Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the Honest Youth Pastor YouTube channel, the channel that helps believers use biblical discernment in all aspects of life. Today, we're gonna to be looking at a sermon review as we often do here on the channel. In case you're new, you may be asking, what is a sermon review? Well, let me give you a brief rundown. Each week, we post sermon reviews of a variety of different pastors, from a variety of different churches, from a variety of different places, all of which you guys suggest and have suggested either in the comments or the emails or the DMs, and we work through a very long list. And today, we are up to Jack Hibbs. Now, a couple things that I want to tell you about Jack Hibbs. I have no clue who he is. I also haven't watched any of this sermon, and if you want to watch it without my commentary, as always, that link will be in the description below. But to make sure I'm consistent over all of these sermon reviews we do, I ask three things of every sermon. One, do they read the scripture? Two, do they use context and culture to exegete the reality of what's happening in that scripture for the for that audience as well as bring out application for this modern audience that follows Christ? And three, most importantly, do they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? So, it's just three things, but they are consistent amongst every sermon review we do so we hold everyone to that same standard regardless of who they are so today we're going to be looking at a sermon from jack hibbs called has man created his own god ai and uh this should (laughs) this should be interesting so let's hop over to the review screen and go ahead and hop into it like i said it's only 30 minutes long roughly so we'll kind of see where we get here and uh, what he gets into this should be this should be fairly interesting so let's see
1: read something to you guys and i want to make a make a comment about just where we're at right now in light of some news that has come out even uh this day first of all i'm reading from ecclesiastes chapter three
0: okay now as always um anytime a pastor brings out um a text and says hey this is where we're going to be in case you're new here and if you're not new here you know i always say this but in case you are new here always go there Right? I would encourage you to always have a piece of paper or your notes app open on your phone or your tablet so that as you're going through, you can keep track of where they're at, what verses they're using, so you can do what you should do, which is be diligent in making sure they're using these texts and scripture correctly. In fact, we have a sermon review guide posted in the description below. It's absolutely free download PDF that you can either print off and use or you can use it on your tablet It's very user-friendly, wherever you want to use it, to help you do that, right? So that's down below as well. Um, I forgot to mention that at the beginning. But make sure you go to Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes chapter 3, because apparently that's where he's going to be.
1: And so he says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to fear, or no, wait, tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate. Don't get upset. It means to hate what's bad, mean, ugly. A time of war and a time of peace. Just before the colonial war began, um, Pastor Peter Gabriel Muhlenberg had already prearranged the service and how it would go. He went before his congregation that was uh, just under a thousand people I mean that 's a mega church in seventeen seventy five that 's a mega church man, and um, he gave a sermon by the way, he would give his sermon in English and then he 'd go across town and deliver his sermon in german in another church, pastor two churches in two different languages at the same time. but at this particular moment in time uh Pastor Muhlenberg read this portion of scripture and he was wearing his black robe. He had his traditional black robe on and he grabbed it and he ripped it open and it revealed his colonel's uh, uniform. And he made the announcement that it's time for war. And 300 men is reported, kissed their wives and children in the church and stood up and walked out of the church and met Pastor Muhlenberg in the yard where they took up arms to defend their freedom. And the rest is actually history because you would know that to eventually come or become the shot heard around the world. And I say that to say this, that just a few weeks ago, I interrupted the book of Romans because as I looked around at the world news, it was clear to me that things are just going so fast in the end time scenario of life changing events, just in the area of economics for one thing.
0: Okay, so I'm not sure where he's going, but there's a few things here that are that are very interesting that I think are important to look at. One, we have we did read the text right away. So he let us know sort of where we were going in the text. We read through the text. Um, he has sort of instead of giving us sort of an intro story, he does the text, and then gives us a story about uh, Pastor George Mueller, I think is what he said his name was, and then basically about, you know, the Revolutionary War. And then he says that he was going through Romans, apparently, and decides that the things he sees, you know, as far as going on around the world, that he needed to shift up a bit of what he was talking about um, to, to cover that. So it seems i'm just saying like so as we listen to sermons and as we watch them because i don't know a ton about jack Hibbs, but it seems that his sort of he doesn't go by a liturgical calendar of hey we're going to preach through this book then we're going to preach through that it seems like if he sees something going on he's going to adjust um in order to i don't know follow the news cycle i mean it sounds like kind of what he's doing um but also, it maybe seems like perhaps he is saying like, oh, well, I want my people to be informed about how to interact with the world they live in via a biblical lens, perhaps. So, we'll see where this goes. Um, he is giving us a little bit of his eschatological view. So, he's talking about like, oh, look, all these things are lining up for the end times. So, he seems like he's maybe more of a dispensationalist. Um, so, all of these things. And this this is, again, as you're listening to pastors and speakers it's just one of the things to listen for, right? All right, they're gonna kind of give you hints and clues about how they're approaching the text. And I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. It's just one of those things to listen for so you kind of understand the lenses that they're coming at. Uh, you at. Because sometimes churches don't have, you know, first Pentecostal church or first Baptist church or first Presbyterian on the outside. It's just got some random name and you have no clue sort of the theology and doctrine behind some of the things that this pastor may be preaching. So you maybe have to pick up some of that along the way. If you told me Jack Kibbs, I don't have a clue what denomination or theology he comes out of, but he is sort of giving me part of that, right? Just uh, in the first little few minutes here. So, We do know a few things. Let's see if we get back to Ecclesiastes or if this was sort of more. So what we're going to find, I guess, is either we're going to get back to Ecclesiastes and actually work through that. And he's going to kind of give us a background of the book and sort of what's going on here. Or he's going to use this as more of a sort of a jumping board into a bigger point that he wants to make. That's usually the one of the two directions it goes. So let's kind of see.
1: And most people, and I get it, most of us are too busy to care. I understand that we're just trying to put food on our table so to speak right I get that but the noise level has reached a point of the United States in the state of according to Michelle Bachman maybe some of you heard her on dr. Dobson's broadcast but Congresswoman Michelle Bachman told us today about how the United States there's a plan for the U.S. to basically uh, surrender uh, on, what's the date? Is it the 11th? That the Biden administration has approved the moving head of surrendering our national sovereignty to the World Health Organization, which becomes the governing body of how every individual on Earth will conduct themselves based upon their decision making regarding your health and your future. And they tried it last year and Botswana was the only nation that kept it from happening. It needs a United Nations uh, uh, unanimous vote or the all the members of the UN, the member nations.
0: Okay, so I'm not... <laughs> Not sure what's happening here honestly we're just now we're just talking politics Th- there are a few things that we can kind of pick up though i mean like this isn't all for not i suppose uh we're only five minutes in and we've really shifted really heavily to politics but maybe he's going to bring that in somewhere there are a few things that we can pick up right so we he talked about jo- dr james dobson so that kind of gives us an idea as far as where um sort of his his alignment within evangelicalism is uh we do see um uh, him talking about, about politics. Um, so that sort of gives us an idea again. I think that maybe ties into his eschatological view. Um, I don't know. I'm a little, a little concerned about the direction we're going only five minutes in politically. So, so very politically heavy here, um, without focusing on the text so much, let's just keep going. I I guess
1: not all the nations, the member, the leaders have to agree. And, um, Botswana was the fly in the ointment. They saved the world last year, uh, but it looks like, unless there's a miracle, the constitution will be brought under the World Health Organization's decision-making process uh, in Europe.
0: Also, one thing, and maybe he he's going to mention this, but if you're going to like say things like this, like I mean okay if that's actually a thing that's actually a thing but like give us um if this is going to be like a main point of the sermon give us ways to verify that ourselves right so that if i leave this service and i'm like wow that's a pretty concerning thing if that's true so where do i go to verify that right give us some sort of um i mean we live in the age of of, i can google from the pew right So maybe there are people that are literally Googling from the pew this whole thing here. But it's just better as pastors, if we're gonna make statements in a digital age, that things can be verified and, you know, fact-checked immediately. Just give us the info, man. Just like be like, hey, this thing, this bill here, this statement here, this, you know, verifiable fact here backs up what I'm saying. So people can't be like, you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever. You can just be like, here it is. This is what's going on. Again, I don't know how this ties into Ecclesiastes, but if you're going to mention it, give some, I guess, background information.
1: And my question to all of you is, uh, who have you heard that from? Where's, where is uh, our elected representatives? Where is our, uh, where's Kevin McCarthy? And um, where is Michelle Steele and Young Kim and Mike Garcia? Where are they on this? Now when you get a hold of them, they're gonna say something like, well you don't understand the, the actual, what's it called? It's uh, something 79. Is it, is it HR seventy nine? I may be off on that. But um, I don't know about you guys. Maybe uh, apparently, um, our our nation is at a point where they don't think anybody cares um, to say anything about it. So they're not even informing you. Or it also means perhaps that they're going to do it no matter what you say. And so you will no longer. Uh, have the freedom to decide whatever on whatever when it comes to, this is an, this is an international health crisis. <laughs> Do you realize what, if you declare an international health crisis, what that could possibly open you up to doing to people in the whole world?
0: Okay, so apparently it is that HR 79. You can look it up. But <laughs> for something he's so sure on, he's, he wasn't sure that it was actually the bill. I, I'm telling you right now, So as a pastor, right, so as a pastor, as you prepare a sermon, as you're building a sermon, obviously you are going to the scriptures, you're you're going through, okay, if I'm preaching out of Ecclesiastes, for example, I'm going like, what do we know about Ecclesiastes? What do we know about the writers of Ecclesiastes? By the time we get to chapter three, what has happened in Ecclesiastes? The verse I'm reading in Ecclesiastes, what's the point, purpose, what's all of that, right? Now, obviously it's the Old Testament. So then I'm going to say, okay, well, what do, what's the reality here that we have from this truth in the Old Testament or this narrative in this Old Testament to connect it to the reality of us on the other side of the cross right so you're building the sermon in that way I recently pre- preached a sermon on Joshua chapter 24 I'll upload that um, actually by the time this goes live that sermons probably already uploaded but the point is like there's there's this connectivity to the New Testament that I make from the Old Testament here in Joshua. So the idea is to sort of connect it to Christ, to connect it to the New Testament. What's it foreshadowing? What's it bringing forth? There's like all of these connective things that um, are already there that you're just demonstrating to the congregation it's but it's christocentric though it's it's focused on the scripture it's the whole reason is we're we're opening up the word and kind of walking you through the scriptures and what they mean and what god was saying then and how it applies to them and what it means now for us on the other side of the cross as believers like what can we learn from that like there's there's a lot there's a huge job for a pastor in order to teach exhort admonish his people in regards to what the scripture says I'll be frank, I'm a little worried. I mean, we have 30 minutes, but we've already used nearly 10 minutes of those to talk a lot about politics, which is fine. There's a lot of things that I think that pastors can say about politics and in, in, in regards to, hey, as believers, this is how we view politics. As believers, this is how we interact with a society in which we have a voice and a vote and all of this other. Like there's there's ways to approach it well to teach to teach the people how to do this through a gospel centered lens um i'm a bit concerned because we're not really like we're we're really heavy on that with the exclusion of scripture at all and i'm hoping this comes around because right now like i can just tell you as 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 somebody that's you know within that well i'm almost 40 but the point is like i think i can speak for a very large range of people that say like at this point i'm starting to check out of your sermon a bit because you're not giving me any connection to scripture. You're not actually bringing forth what the word says. Um, like you're going to have to convince me that this is now worth listening to in regards to scripture. Because I'm, st- I'm starting to check out a bit.
1: This will be, if, if it happens, it will be the most epic change In global governance, probably since the day of the Tower of Babel. Think about it. Think this through. That the entire world will come under the jurisdiction of a global entity that's based in Europe, but is literally owned by the Chinese government.
0: Okay. Church history wise, that's not accurate. Like this isn't the biggest thing. I mean, the Roman empire is an enormous example of control of like, just if we're talking about the early church, I mean, you have, you have Christians down in modern day Egypt that were being controlled by the Roman empire during, you know, the second, third century. Like it's not, that is a very far away entity for them in their day. Um, than, I mean, just as, as vast and massive and controlling. And uh, the believers of the day then asked the question then, how then do we share the gospel and live as believers in light of the reality that we have an empire over us that is, for, for the most part, for all intents and purposes, against us? They were able to function. Like, it at times it was great at times it wasn't great but they they viewed it through the so I mean I just say like it's not the biggest change of everything since the Tower of Babel like we've had a lot of history between Babel and now
1: you put that together where America no longer has a voice where Anthony Fauci said There will most likely be another pandemic in the middle of 2024. Now, if you go search that, he said that three weeks ago, when you see things like this now, you better take a screenshot. Because it evaporates really quick. Thank God some people have this on video and they've got that. And uh, this is one of those things. Can you tell I'm trying to get thrown off of YouTube right now just by what we're doing? Let's just watch and see how long it takes those goons to jump into the trap I'm setting. So, you know, just set your timer.
0: Okay, I don't know if you can hear that. Like, It's, it's always hard to tell uh, what you guys can hear from the audience and what I'm hearing because sometimes that audio doesn't seem like the levels are the same. So basically, he's ha- he has a lot of sort of front row sort of feedback for what he's doing. Like somebody earlier was like, you need 66 votes. And somebody, uh, some lady in the front row just said, yeah, let's shut them down. Like earlier, there was a pan shot of the church and it was packed. I mean, it was packed full of people. My fear is this, and I think this happens a lot. You have big, and I think, again, this goes for Furtick, this goes for Mike Todd, this goes for John MacArthur, this goes for apparently Jack Hibbs. You have people that come to your church that are there for a very specific message. Now, sometimes that's a good message, sometimes that's a terrible message. The point is they're they're there for a very specific thing. This happens on social media too. People will come to my page And I can tell you from the analytics of the page that if I post something about XYZ, it's going to get a bunch of hits because, you know, that's – everybody wants to see that. And if I post something just slightly off of that, it's not going to get quite as much because you're here for, like, that big thing that you really like, that topic that you really want to – you know, usually it's a topic you want to pounce on people for. And so, like, that's how people build an audience now, right? It's not through – faithful uh opening up of the word it's not through um you know you know going through the scripture and teaching people um and people are like you just mentioned john MacArthur. are you saying he's i'm not i'm just giving an example of there are people there that are there for john MacArthur, and when john MacArthur dies they won't go there anymore that's my point you're there for a person or you're there for a topic you're not there for the you know the, the walking through the word same thing with Mike Todd when Mike Todd is no longer at Transformation Church Transformation Church will cease to exist um, and what it seems to be is here there's a lot of people in Jack Hibbs audience that if he were to stop talking about politics this is my guess I'm, I'm getting this from this sermon so maybe I'm totally off but my guess is if he were to stop talking about politics and just go through the scriptures people would ask him to talk about politics because the reason they're there there is they want somebody to bash on politicians. And he apparently does that. And so, or that's the tone I'm getting. He doesn't seem uncomfortable doing this. And so if he doesn't do that, he loses a portion of the people that like him. We, we're 10 minutes in. We haven't touched Ecclesiastes at all again. In fact, Ecclesiastes seemed like it was only there in order to bridge into the story about the pastor that tore off his his clerical robes and was in his army outfit and he was or his army uniform not army outfit army uniform to go and then fight the you know the war that seems like that's the only reason ecclesiastes was there so i i at this point have pretty much no confidence that we are going to actually get into a scripture at all and work through it I just don't think, if we, if we do, it will be surprising to me.
1: I've already mentioned Fauci. I've already mentioned COVID. The algorithm's going nuts already on us. Who, I did mention who. Isn't it funny, when you say who, it's like, we're gonna fall under the control of who. Doesn't I'm sorry, but doesn't it remind you of Get Smart? Some of you don't know Get Smart. You should watch some vintage Get Smart. So this week, on Tuesday, the United States has reached an all-time low in its National Emergency Oil Reserves. The National Emergency Oil Reserves was a plan that our government invented in the 40s to, very clever, it was a plan to store so much oil in the United States that when the nations of the world, A, ran out of oil, they would have to buy it from us. Brilliant plan. It's like saving up for a rainy day. It's very Jacob-like in the Bible. Or if somebody cut us off from oil, we would have our own. In other words, we we would be independent. And we are no longer now independent. That has been, that has been. Have you noticed the gas prices have gone down over the last four weeks? Anybody? They've gone down. Do you remember where they were? They've gone down about 50 cents, I think. Do you know how they came down? Yes. They pulled it out of the oil reserves to make you, to get you to think, look, things are good, the oil's going down. Price of gas is going down. You guys, you have no idea how much we paid so that you saved an extra seven or 25 bucks at the pump. See what's going on. God knows what's going on. I don't know what's going on, but I do know it's global. And I want to show you two slides. One first. Um,
0: okay, guys. Yeah, we're not we're not getting into scripture. I guarantee it. Now I don't. Uh, we're almost halfway through this, so we might as well finish it. But like, I don't know. This is disappointing. I'll, I'll just say that. If, if this is the current track of what we're doing in this sermon, this is incredibly disappointing. I, I'm assuming this is on a Sunday morning. I picked the most recent sermon on his page uh, that was not a two-parter. There was a two-parter, and I do, want to do like half of a two-part thing because obviously context and what was maybe said in the second half. So I picked the most recent one, and this is it. And this is what we're doing
1: are you looking at this? By the way, this is Klaus Schwab's assistant. You've all Noah Harari warns AI can create religious text, may inspire new cults. I want you to think about this for a moment. Have you, have any of you, I know the young people have, I'm sure. Have any of you seen, have any of you watched when guys like Ben Shapiro or others um, um oh i'm trying to remember who it is
0: here's the thing you know what know what this tells me that this ums and everything he hasn't planned this at all the bro literally came out with a general idea of what he wanted to talk about and now he's just shooting the breeze with his entire congregation that's what this is what it appears he is doing there's no plan or there's a very little bit of a plan. And he's sort of ab as he goes here. He's just kind of da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da 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 It doesn't matter, bro. Like, where's the scripture? Where are the lenses in which to process the world? Because you're presenting, like, a, a pretty dark dystopian thing that's about to happen. Okay, fine. If that is the case, if the dark dystopian thing is going to happen, prepare your people then by giving them lenses in which to view it and operate in it. And um, even if if need be, push back against it, like give ways to do that via the word of God. It's not like you're lacking any church history in this regard. We have plenty of church history, second, third, fourth century, and what that looks like. There's a lot of church. I mean, Nick Needham's 2000 years of church history, great book. We also have... Um, Oh man, <laughs> I'm blanking on them. Guys, I'll put them in the description. I'm blanking on the other ones. There's a lot of church history resources um, that that walk you through what Christians have gone through in various times and in various places in the world in which they had no control over what was happening to them. And sometimes it wasn't the greatest. A lot of uh, job loss, a lot of famine, a lot of death. Not what you would hope for, right? And not what anybody hopes for. Sometimes it was in plentifulness, it was, in, it was great prosperity. Either way, believers walk through the world, whether it be good or bad, via the lenses of the gospel, handling themselves for the glory of God and the, the expansion of his kingdom. That's how it works. Now, I get it that that's easy to say, harder to apply. This is why we should be historians in regards to church history. How have those that have come before us done this well and set an example well for us and clung to the cross of Christ and the reality of the resurrection and the hope that we have um, in, in the second coming? Like, like they have already walked through this for it. We're not coming to it, you know, with a blank slate. So yeah, it's really easy to paint a picture of horribleness coming and all of this is going and you, if you don't do something now, fine, great. Give us scripture then. It's, it's incredibly frustrating that we haven't used any Bible except what was convenient to intro a story.
1: Elon Musk, when they asked AI to write a symphony... Have you seen it? Have you watched it? Have you seen, like, when when Shapiro asked for a poem, he asked AI to write a poem, uh, and we're talking about fantastic work, brilliantly done, in seven seconds? AI can do it this fast. So, A guy, I won't say his name, a guy that I know that works in Hollywood? Do you know that the screenwriters in Hollywood are starting to panic right now? Did you know, you know what they're talking about right now? The screenwriters in Hollywood, they're panicking because word got out that we may not need another screenwriter again because all you need to say is, I want a super sci-fi thing with these things in it. I want a movie with a script like that like like this do it and it and it will do it in seconds what i'm telling you is not make believe but i found it fascinating that of all people on the planet
0: once again i mean admittedly ai you can go on anywhere and search AI, and you'll find a bunch of really interesting and sometimes very scary things that occur fine that's that is true. So as a pastor then, how do I take that information that I don't know what direction it's going to go and then filter that through the scripture and say this is how we as believers then should not only view the future but also anticipate to live via the gospels. Those of us that have been changed by the reality of Christ's life, death, resurrection, and the reality of his second coming. How do we do that? right? I was wondering, there's actually somebody at my church, we were doing, a as we ended the, uh, the study of church history, he just kept talking about AI, AI, and I didn't know why. Apparently, um, a lot more people other than Jack Hibbs is talking about it, and scaring the ever-loving Jesus out of people. <laughs> but, the <laughs> fine then, and this is what I told him. I was like, I, okay, great. Actually, what I told him is exactly what, um, what, 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 what I just told you guys. Was that, okay, then how do we then, if that's the reality, how do we then process the, the fact that AI could do any number of different things through the lenses of the gospel? Well, first of all, and this is what I told him that I didn't tell you, we understand that God is sovereign over all things. First of all, God isn't surprised by any of it. Second of all, it's not outside of his plan. And third of all, he's given us how to live efficiently and effectively within any type of situation or world, trusting in him, being wise, and following through. Again, this is after we had literally studied church history from the time of the um dysphoria where the jews were off sent off to babylon all the way up until the closing of the canon we we had just gone all through that (laughs) and this dude's still worried about ai and how in the world he's going to survive in a deep dark world where it could change anything rome did that the persians did that the babylonians did like everyone like on different levels and different scales have drastically changed the world that they live in now it's been at different scales and at different you know some of it was very regional some of it was more worldwide or at least more you know in in good portions and chunks of of the world this isn't new though it's not like we 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 panic and just oh no what are we gonna do and that's really what's being set up here is just a panic
1: (laughs) Klaus Schwab's assistant, that's another thing that's going to cause the algorithm to go nuts. (laughs) Klaus Schwab's assistant, who is an unbelieving atheist Jew, I find that interesting. Introduces uh, the world to the possibility of a religious text being created that could create a new cult. Well, how about the next slide? Could ChatGPT create a new religion? World is on the verge of a contemporary faith started by an AI writing its own sacred text, historian claims. You're gonna laugh at this, but I'm gonna tell you what's gonna not be funny. If a religious text came out of a box or your computer, the chances of you taking it seriously is probably pretty slim. But if that AI device is a, a a humanoid looking individual, in other words, it's AI, but it looks like a human. And it speaks and it says, and it delivers a new religious text. You might say, well, that's ridiculous, Jack, who would follow a religion from a machine? (laughs) Read that somewhere. The Bible says that the Antichrist and the beast is going to have power to give breath and life to an image, something man-made, that is going to be able to speak and to discern, to look.
0: Okay, this is straight up from my childhood, man. Like. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what I mean by that is this. I don't know what kind of denomination or childhood you had. I grew up during the whole left behind days. And so there's so much fear in this sort of teaching, right? It completely leaves behind um, the power of Christ and the reality of the resurrection and the power uh, of Christ over all things and brings up everything imaginable to be the thing that is, that is coming forth from the book of Revelation. Every new thing is the, the, the bad thing from Revelation that is going to bring forth the end times uh, and the catastrophic uh, persecution of believers. Um, whether that be true or not, here's, here's my thing. If it is, okay. If it's not, okay. It's not as if you have not been given the scripture's to to tell you how to function in society like all throughout time like just look at all of i mean so you basically have three major persecutions with be, in between uh 70 AD and uh 4 uh well 325 like you you have about three major ones now two of the first ones are not like enormous the last one under diocletian is like the worst um but you you have some no matter what happens in those times yes terrible things occur the christians have no control over any of it but do you know like this is why you have to know church history through them they have a hope in christ unlike anything we can imagine they, they, If you read the writings, they are not in despair. They are not fearful of, of, of Rome. They are not fearful. Like, they know in whom they have believed. They know who Jesus is. And they know that even though, like, terrible things are happening, they have a hope in Christ. Right? It, the, the fact that, like, all I'm hearing from this whole Jack Herbst thing is just doom and gloom and terrible. I haven't heard one thing about hope in Jesus Christ. Not one thing about the power of the resurrection none are we gonna get there i don't have a clue like we we have about 15 minutes left or so oh my gosh so devoid of of scripture so heavy on uh, on just absolute dystopianism with nothing really to back it up i mean let's be honest this is all conjecture um does it happen does it not happen does it matter (laughs) I mean, it affects your life dramatically, so it does matter in that regard. But our, here's the point. Like, if you're in Scripture and you're following Jesus, have not every, has not every believer in every time in history had to pivot in some form or fashion in order to, to stay faithful to Christ? Ah, just keep
1: going. Look to decide who's got 666 and who doesn't. It's going to be the third party of the unholy trinity. It's Satan... The Antichrist, right? And the beast is the false prophet. The false prophet, there's gonna be an image, a statue made in honor of the Antichrist. And that that statue is gonna be animated. And so what's amazing. (laughs) There's a lady, I don't know if you just heard her.
0: She goes, it's an AI giant. This is this is what this kind of preaching brings forth. <laughs> There's going to be an, she's going to go home and tell her grandkids. There's going to be an AI giant one day. It's going to be like a statue of Nebuchadnezzar in which the AI giant is telling you what to do and bow down to. Hey, I'm not saying that's out of the. I mean, there are some kooky kooky things in the world, right? So that isn't outside of reality. That is a hundred percent something that could happen. <laughs> but the point is that this is what's bringing forth. Like, that's she's not, thinking about, uh, she's not thinking about the life of Jesus Christ. She's not thinking about the fact that he, he died in our place for our sins. She's not thinking about the resurrection and the hope that we have because Jesus rose, so now shall we, as believers. She's not thinking about how to live life uh, in a way that glorifies God. What she's thinking about is an AI giant. That's what she's probably going to go home today thinking about.
1: Is that... If Paul the Apostle warned the Corinthians, who were just radically new age crazies when he came, when he arrived there in Greece, I mean, they'd worship anything. They they wouldn't pass up a moment to make a worship service out of something. In fact, there's stuff that fell from the sky in the sense of a meteor and they worshiped and and said that it came from jup from uh from zeus
0: <laughs> that that's not true it's athena it's the goddess of athena it was uh it was a meteor that was uh it was at the temple of athena i think and uh yeah it was uh oh man i forget which text that's in i'll try to find that but it was a meteor it was uh they, it was athena is is where it was at
1: and uh when Paul said to the Corinthians, do you, know, do you not know that when you bow down to an image that you're actually praying to demons, that you're connecting with demons? You know, demons seek to occupy things. In the study of biblical demonology, which I don't even know if schools teach it anymore, it's real. Demons look for things to inhabit. They have to have what's called an entry as the lingo. It could be a token, could be a gift, it could be a statue, it could be an image, an icon. could be a listen, could be a stuffed stuffed teddy bear. Does't matter. Demons seek entry. Okay.
0: Oh my goodness. We are out of this world, bro. Um, so you don't have um, an example anywhere in scripture that I'm aware of. Like, tell me if I'm wrong. Cause I'm sure somebody out there maybe is more into this than I am. Everything that I know of within the older new Testament that a demon has possessed was, uh, like a living a living thing like so the pigs or the swine that jesus cast the demon in, into or obviously people because you have a number of people to p- possessed by demons in, the, in 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 the scriptures as well but i don't ever remember it being an inanimate object that that occurred to i mean tell me if i'm wrong i mean prove him right tell me that you, <laughs> a demon could be in your teddy bear uh it as far as i remember from scripture everything that a demon had ever possessed or had to be cast out of into was a living thing i don't think it was ever an inanimate object right i could be wrong let me know i mean i'm not up on this i don't know i know that there was something i posted that was super sarcastic about you know make sure that the objects you bring home from goodwill aren't possessed by demons because some rando had said that um and i got a lot of flack for that but nobody gave me scripture so if you have scripture proving to me that demons can inhabit inanimate objects and not living things, put it in the comments below. Cause that's where we're at now. We're not, we're, that,
1: that may be the most scripture we look at here. Look, remember when Jesus was casting legion out of the man. And do you remember it's remarkable that Jesus even did this, but he has his purposes. They didn't, they plead with him. Didn't the demons plead with Jesus, please don't send us to the abyss? Please don't send us. It's not time yet. Isn't it wild that they knew that they had limited time? And they knew who he was. And they said, Jesus, let us go into those pigs. And uh, did he gesture? Did Jesus, What we don't know, but he allowed it. We don't know why, but he did. And the Bible says two thousand pigs then went nuts, and they ran into the Sea of Galilee and they killed themselves, which is really weird. Because that, it's not that they drowned. It, it's they probably those the the those the the pigs that were in that part of the world at that time they had really weird hooves, and when they would try to swim, they would slit their throat when they would swim because they would turn their feet this way and they would just it was, must have been horrible, 2,000 of them possessed. Imagine, if Paul said, when you, Corinthians, get idols out of your life. There's demonic activity in those idols. If he said that 2,000 years ago about a clay statue or a bronze image, what's gonna happen on the day that a demon possesses an AI? device. Are you hearing me right now? We're being introduced that they can write a symphony right now. We're being told that this,
0: I'm sorry. At this point, this is just incredibly painful for me. If you're still here, you are an MVP because it's just kind of like,
1: look at this dude. uh, It's just,
0: I don't even know. I mean, if you're sitting in that audience, you are in it for the long haul is all I'm saying. If you're visiting, if you're, God forbid you're a visitor this morning, you're just like, what is this dude talking about?
1: Screenwriters are fearful for their jobs because they can be replaced with better writers. They're not even human.
0: I'll be honest with you. An AI could write a better sermon than this. 100%. If you told it to write a sermon on some subject it would pop out an actual scripture and then give you a breakdown of that scripture in a better way than we've had in this entire video. So I get it. Maybe Jack is very afraid of his job being taken because an AI can, though it's not that great of a sermon, can give a sermon
1: based on a text. Can you imagine if something just was able to walk and to talk and say everything that your heart Has desired everything that you want to hear. Can you imagine if you are just into hearing? Listen, just you have a gravitational pull toward lies. Where it's
0: okay, hey, this is a great opportunity, right? I know we're almost done. We literally got maybe 17 minutes left in this sermon. Right, is that right? Have I been off this whole time, 20? No, we got seven minutes left in the sermon. So what we could do, right? I mean, this is redeemable still if he stopped right now, it's like, hey, you have a gravitational pull toward lies. Why is that, you think? Well, you have a sinful nature. You you want to, I mean, you are bent toward self-gratification. You want to hear certain things. You want to be coddled. You want to live the way you want to live. And why is that? Well, you have a sin nature, right? You have a sin nature brought from you. Hey, let's go to Genesis 3. Let's watch where God gave all good gifts. And and, and, and Satan said, this really what God did say to you guys. And Adam and Eve, there was the whole fall. And there's an entire situation where everything, Thing good in creation rebels against God because of Adam and Eve well not everything Adam and Eve rebel against God in not disobeying him and then all creation falls subject to that because of what they've done and then we have this entire storyline of the Bible showing how God is faithful to an unfaithful people and that eventually leads up to what we see in the New Testament of Jesus coming the God coming in flesh God with Us and he dwells among us, living perfectly because we couldn't, right? And so eventually dying a death on a cross that we should have died, taking the punishment we should have taken. But he doesn't stay dead. He gets out of the tomb. And when he gets out of the tomb, defeating sin and death, conquering what happened and correcting what occurred back in Genesis 3, he takes all of that, and death and sin are in subjection to him. And now today, because of what Jesus has been able to do, living the life you could live, dying the death you should have died, being raised to life, right? He now, because he has died and because he is raised, you can now be raised to life as well. You can now be reconciled to the Father, the creator of all things. You can be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ, and what does that mean? Well, that means you turn from your rebellion. You turn from that wanting to live and be attracted to these lies and self-gratify yourself and thinking that you have all the answers and the way to live. You subject those to Christ and say, I want to live the way you desire for me to live. And guess what? We have all of that teaching of how God desires us to live. We have the words of Jesus telling his apostles like, hey, teach people the things that I taught you, disciple them, baptize them, and go throughout the entire world doing that And now you're sitting here able to hear this message because they were faithful in doing that. Today, you can be reconciled to the Father. And how? by turning from your sin, believing that Jesus is the Christ, and following after him. And it's going to be a hard thing to do. There's going to be a lot of sanctification, which is just this big word for uh, becoming more like Jesus. But don't worry, all of that work isn't on you. The Spirit in you is transforming you, renewing your heart and your mind. And yeah, there's going to be choices that you're going to have to make that are pretty difficult. Do I want to go back to sin, or do I want to continue following Christ? And you're going to be making those decisions, and sometimes you're going to be really bad at it but we as a church body your brothers and sisters in Christ are here for you to help disciple you walk you through that be there to to laugh with you to cry with you but the point is we're looking forward to Jesus's return one day and all of this is us going forth continuing the message that Jesus told his disciples to do and you're a part of that now if you turn from your sin repent of your ways and follow Jesus because one day he's coming back and you're either going to be a part of his kingdom or you're not, and you get to make that decision today. So don't make it lightly, but the reason you're so turned toward lies and self-gratification is because of that sin nature, and you can be reconciled to the Father. He could do that right now and save the whole sermon. Let's see what he does.
1: It's like, you know what, I don't want reality, it's too much, it gives me a headache, I'm out of, I'm, I'm out of vodka, I'm out of pills, Just tell me something nice. Enter. Imagine this. Enter. Maybe you can just call up, turn on your screen. I don't know what's coming, but we know this, that if clay images can be possessed by demons.
0: It did not say that clay images could be possessed by demons. He's saying you're worshiping false gods by having the idols, meaning they are representations of other gods. This is why in the Old Testament, for example, Joshua 24, he tells them to get rid of the idols that they have because in so having those idols, they are worshiping false gods and they should turn to Yahweh. So he says in this, you know, the verse everybody knows in Joshua chapter 24, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers uh, over in Egypt or the gods of the lands in which you now live, but for me and my house will serve the Lord. The idea is that it's not that, uh, that, that Joshua needs some little idol for God to possess. He's saying, I'm just gonna worship God and you should, you're gonna have to choose whether you're gonna worship these other gods that have graven images. It's not that they're, these images are possessed, it's that these are images that represent something else that you're worshiping. We need to be very clear on that point.
1: Create a God in his own image. is mankind creating an image that is going to win him over? It's almost like man is creating the God that he wants. Be smart. It's smart. Tell me what I want. It knows what you want. Speak to me. It's going to speak to you. Listen, what no one has stopped to think about, no one's, no one's bringing this up.
0: You know what's ironic is Jack Hibbs seems to be, and again, I, I don't wanna make general overcharacterizations because this is, I've only heard 25 or 21 minutes of him ever talk, but it seems to me, and the response that he's getting back from his audiences jack is his own audience's ai like they're like hey tell me what i want to hear oh dystopian future that's what i wanted to hear tell me about you know all of these terrible things coming oh you did tell me that tell me about the politics that i i need to follow oh thank you like it's just no one is being challenged here i'm not even saying that i would necessarily disagree with jack on some of his his political view maybe i don't know but the point is that this isn't what the pastor is supposed to be like there's been no scripture like, just think about that. None, for the, except for the itty-bitty little bit of Ecclesiastes that was really only used in order to intro to a sermon about nothing and pertaining to Scripture.
1: What is going to happen to the global stock market the moment an AI device starts involving itself in the market? Have you thought of this? Friends, listen, you need to know Jesus Christ now. Because if next month an AI device is used, I'm making this up, I'm making this up. If an AI device is used, for example, by Morgan Stanley, J, uh, JP Morgan, or, or, uh, or uh, Chase, or a or, uh, BlackRock, can you imagine, what if, what if, A global investment corporation gets their hands on an AI device, and it's able to either manipulate the markets or to devastate the markets.
0: If you don't think that companies haven't been using AI to make financial decisions for a really long time, I think you don't know how computers work.
1: (laughs) Whatever we have known as normal is gone. You see, Jack, that w- that would never happen. Might I remind you? I just showed you on a screen that AI. I think. Listen, this guy Yuval. He's he knows exactly what he's saying. He's just letting out a little string to to wait for the bite, and then he'll set the hook, because he'll get people used to hearing. Oh, wow! Well, isn't that any- I? I'm just dying. Watch this. What if? I'm just so curious to read that text, that religious text that was made by that AI device. So curious. Could you imagine? What if you read it and it's got some sort of demonic power to it? You say, Jack, you're out of your mind. No, I'm actually almost reciting scripture. In the last days, perilous times will come. And the Bible tells us that there will be spirits afoot and doctrines of demons that Jesus said, if it were possible, it would deceive even the very elect of God.
0: Again, read church history. There have been so many heresies that have come about, come and gone and come back that fit that exact description from the earliest days of Christianity. This is not new. It does not take AI to do it. Oh, guys, you'll be happy to know. We're we're we are so nearly done. This was not nearly as long as the Kenneth Copeland sermon review. But <laughs> mentally, I'm almost in the same spot.
1: And all of a sudden, we're here. I mean I gotta tell you three or four weeks ago when I said, I'm gonna pause in the book of Romans to get into this few week study of signs of the coming Antichrist. So much has changed since then. And by the way, I've never had two million views of any sermon I've ever given. But that first Sunday, over two million views. What does that mean? That means people It hit a note. People are asking questions. People are wondering. And so what I'm saying to you is that, as Ecclesiastes, there's a time. There's a time for us to wake up and to realize, God, you've got this. You are in control and it's so out of our control that it's obvious that God's in control that what we are th- that is hard for me
0: to believe that he actually believes that given uh, given the doom and gloom that we have heard this entire time that is all speculation and that is not i mean look again even if it does all happen would not this time have been better spent walking us through the scriptures on how we have hope in Christ on how we persevere regardless of what occurs, walking through what it means to be a believer. Um, what is that? Is it, I don't know if it's Philippians or maybe it's Second Peter. And so it's, you know, just living quietly, doing, going throughout your life. I mean, that being your testimony. I forget where that's at. The, the point is that like we, this sermon could have gone a really productive way Um, if we would have just simply included scripture. I know it's mind blowing, but it could have.
1: That we must be able to do is to present the gospel. You should be equipped on how to tell someone the gospel like never before. This should be.
0: Okay. What is the gospel then? If we have to know and have to be equipped on how to tell people the gospel, what is the gospel?
1: Your number one thing. You should know how to tell somebody in five minutes the gospel of the living God. You should know that. Because you know what? I don't know where we're gonna be three weeks from tonight. Things are moving so fast. Now, in light of saying that, you see, Pastor, I just, my boyfriend just engaged. We just got engaged last night. Good for you. You celebrate that? You go pick out your dress, you move forward, you set your date, you get married, travel the world and have babies or have babies and then travel the world. But have babies, have a life, go for it. Occupy till he comes. We are supposed to live our lives to the glory of God until Jesus comes back. Live it, live it big. Live your Christian life at full throttle, just know this any day now it could be 50 years from now let's hope not it could be 50 days from now we don't know we know this three weeks ago three weeks ago we didn't know about AI being able to write religious text here's the funny thing who who put that into the AI to write a religious text The AI didn't say, you know, I'm just, excuse me, creator, yes, I'm just, I really have an itch. I wanna write a religious text. No, someone put it in there. These are amazing times, do you agree? I mean, think about it. Say, why did I come here tonight?
0: So the good news is, apparently, this isn't a Sunday morning. I don't know how they handle Sunday nights at their church. Apparently, that's, it's a bit different than Sunday mornings. So, I mean, the good news is, this is a Sunday morning. Uh, literally 30 seconds left, and we'll, we'll conclude.
1: It is true. You won't hear this anywhere else. But I got to tell you, it ought to make you look at your Bible and say, um, wow. Because the scripture laid all this out. I'm not making up anything that the Bible doesn't address. Deception on a scale that's impossible for any human to navigate without the Holy Spirit's guidance. Inside of you is either the Holy Spirit or not. And the only way that you're going to make it through these waters, apparently starting now, (laughs) is the Holy Spirit guiding you.
0: Okay. So let's go back to the main screen here. That was the whole thing. If you want to watch the whole thing, as I said before, you can check out the link below. Uh, It'll take you there. So let's, this should be really short. (laughs) Let's go through the three criteria. Did he read scripture? Technically, yes. Did he uh, exegete that scripture using context and culture to uh, bring out the application for then and now? Absolutely not. And did he preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? No, he mentioned that we should know the gospel. He also mentioned that uh, with what's coming, you should know Jesus uh, and that you should be able to communicate the gospel in less than five minutes. But he didn't tell us what that was or why it's important or how it pertains to anything that was going on with all of the dystopian things that he told us in the rest of the 25-minute thing that he did. Well, that was pretty simple. So this is um, – want I, I want to be fair – as possible here this wasn't a Sunday morning however given that it was a packed it was a packed church I mean every every seat was full it is incredibly problematic to me that we did not use this opportunity to encourage the believer to 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 to, to follow Jesus deeply, to have security in the resurrection, to have hope in Christ, to... Look, here's the thing. I'll say this. I'll say this. He made a huge point at the end there to be able to communicate the gospel, how important it was to communicate the gospel in five minutes or less in these times that we live in because we don't know where they're going. Fine. Great. Agree on that point. So... Let's use the first 10 minutes to say, you know, there are some problems in the world. Here's some examples of the problems of the world. And let's use the last 50 minutes to not only communicate the gospel, but then tell people how they can efficiently communicate that gospel in five minutes or less. So now they're equipped to do the one thing that you said that was the most important thing they know how to do, but didn't tell them how to do. Guys, hopefully this was uh, helpful to you. If it was, make sure you like, subscribe, comment if you disagree or agree. Looking forward to reading those. And I'll talk to you next week.